0: each day podcast radio show with bruce hilliard today and every day reaching out for innovative ideas in every way today's show is brought to you by your future it comes with a
1: lifetime guarantee welcome welcome it's bruce hilliard your host with episode number 184 it's May of 2021. We're still wearing masks, and I think we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Today's guest is the incredibly talented Nuhi's Nomad. He's an Iranian-American incredible recording artist. Like so many of us, he does the writing, the recording, the performing, mixing, and he reaches out a little bit for other session workers. But for the most part, it's all Nuhi's Nomad. Based in New York City, incredibly Clean sound. It's so clear that he's had vocal training. Listen for yourself. His new single and video came out on April sixteenth. It's the song number four. Here is Nuhi's Nomad. Nuhi's Nomad. How did that handle come about? So, you
0: know, I wanted an alias that wasn't my my birth name. So I chose my mom's maiden name, Nuhi, and then I chose Nomad because you know I spent my childhood traveling and I've been growing up traveling and I transferred colleges even so. I use that term nomad because I don't really have that central core group where I, wherever I like, grew up, I have a bunch of different groups in different
1: places. So the high school you went to is interesting, LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and Performing Arts. Now that's the, the fame high school, correct? Yes, indeed. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Thank you. So, I mean, I went to LaGuardia High School and my mom made me audition.
0: She wanted me to audition for drama because I think my middle school teacher said I was You know, I was talented for the stage, but I was stubborn. I said I only want to go for voice, and back then I couldn't really sing in tune, and they hadn't, you know, mastered or had any mastery or any understanding of how the voice worked. So I auditioned. I wrote a really powerful essay, at least that's what I'd like to credit it to, and I nailed the rhythm audition. So I got in, and then four years later, I came out
1: wanting to be an opera singer and applying to colleges for a classical voice. It's clear that you've had training. I love your guitar because uh, it's just a clean. Electric guitar, I think there's a few spots where you might throw a little something in there. But for the most part, it just sounds like an electric guitar would sound like if you just plug it in and turn it on.
0: So uh, one of the sounds that influenced me was, you know, early Vampire Weekend. Their first album was pretty much just guitar plugged into an amp and with some room sounds. But, you know, I didn't have the means to record it. When I produced this album, I recorded these out of my dorm room or my bedroom. So I would just DI in and then run a simple amp sim through it and keep it pretty simple. I didn't want anything too gritty, too distorted. And there are parts when I did want to bring out the game, but I tried to keep it as clean as
1: possible without, while giving it that edge. Yeah, it's, it's a refreshing sound. I like it a lot. Uh, do you do all the instruments? Thank what you. all do you do? Um, so on the album,
0: I played all the instruments except the, the drum kit. And there are a few songs like the song that I can't write and Hail, which have guitar solos played by others and the bass line. Actually, the bass line in Hale was played by the, the same soloist for the song that I can't write. But aside from that, I played the bass lines and guitar and everything else.
1: And it was recorded just like you say in a, in a room by yourself. Yep. That's a lot of work, isn't it? It is. It is. It can get a little um, tedious sometimes when it comes to setting up and moving things
0: around and not even like pre mixing and pre production. It's a lot of work. And then once I'm in the mix, And I'm trying to make sure everything is played well. I'm comping all the good takes. And then, you know, as a perfectionist, because I'm classically trained, everything has to be exact. So I spent countless hours making sure I could get them as close to perfect while maintaining that sense of humanity and that little bit of inaccuracy or imperfection in there, which is a contradiction of its own. But yeah, that's how I like to
1: approach music. Yeah, it makes it hard to go, where do I stop? How perfect should this be? Or am I going to spend two years trying to get the vocal just right? (laughs) You know, yeah, you know I did that. I'm pretty sure he did that. Yeah. <laughs> have you been able to? Uh, I don't know what you do performance wise. You play solo and you perform. And the the other half of the question is, are you finding places that you can play now? So when I perform, I I, I have actually
0: I have a band that plays with me. My younger brother plays bass. My middle school best friend plays drums for me, and then. I have the guitarists rotate. I've been working with an NYU jazz student, Sholi Gutman, for the past couple months. Recently, he had a family emergency, so I had to sub him out temporarily for two different guitarists, but I hope to have him back on May 11th. But as far as gigs go, we've been playing some live stream events. We play for the nonprofit that I volunteer for, and we're hoping to start busking in the streets of New York when the weather gets nicer. That
1: sounds cool. Let's talk about your music a little bit. The song, number 4, is a a single that was released here fairly recently. Can you talk about that one?
0: Yeah, so number four is one of the songs that I wrote the lyrics to back in 2017, 2018. And it talks about my, my childhood summer home. Because growing up, I was between New York City and South Jersey. And it's kind of a coming of age. You know, we sold the house in 2012, I think, like post the 2000 recession when prices finally hiked up and it made sense to sell it. And it wasn't such a loss, but for me, I was—I just turned what, 13, 14, and I would spent my childhood growing up and just enjoying the beach and having that, having access to a place regularly from the city. And I don't have that anymore. So that song reminisces on my childhood, and it's coming—it's kind of asking for closure, right? The line, "Who lives there now?" You wonder—you can't know for sure. Even though I went back and visited the house and filmed the music video there, I still don't know who lives there, and I don't think I ever will because a house takes a life of its own, right? People will come and go. Owners will come and go. They'll change
1: the painting. They'll remodel it. They'll renovate it. So that's that's what that's about. What's the significance of number four? Not only is it the fourth song on the album,
0: but the address for the home was a four harbor lane. So it's the fourth on the street.
1: lyrics are thoughtful, too. You have something in mind. I I have to. I, I have a hard
0: time writing when it's not from the heart. And all the songs that I've written on this album represent landmarks in my life. And even then, I've worked with some of my, my good friends. My middle school, my other middle school best friend, Jeffrey
1: Cowling, has helped me proofread and, and edit and write some of the lyrics for most of the songs on the album. And Love Is. What a great song. Yeah. What's that one about? Thank you. So this is a really, really funny story. Um, December of twenty. 20-
0: 19 i think no 2018 maybe i don't remember a couple of years ago i was seeing someone and then this girl who is now my ex she actually wrote the lyrics to the verse and the chorus herself so it's always sat in a funny place for me but i had already started producing it and i didn't really want to scrap it because i enjoy the song and i enjoy the way it makes the listeners feel and it, and i just enjoy the way it makes me feel right when i when i look back and i just, it's also a song that's you know about closure that's why I stuck the vocals through a tin can but <laughs> it's a it's a pretty emotional piece and when you play it live i think it really brings out that we can bring out you know some souls maybe a little bit of r&b guitar depending on the processing of the lead guitar and, and and the pedals but i really like it a lot and it's it's a blast to sing and it's a blast to hear <laughs>
1: I listened to it a couple times this morning before you called, and yeah, I like it a lot. You have a song in Farsi. Tell me about that one.
0: Yeah, so I'm not the most eloquent, you know, Farsi speaker, writer. My mom raised me teaching me Farsi, reading and writing, but I took it for granted so I can speak it almost fluently. But as far as writing goes, that's a skill that I've, I've, I've lost for over a decade So what I did was, you know, my dad told me in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic, he was like, you should write a song for people in Iran because the pandemic was destroying Iran. It's still killing people because of the sanctions and the political pressure. But I found found someone through Fiverr who managed what was an an agent, I want to say, for a bunch of Iranian talent. And I found a lyricist and I asked for lyrics that were, you know, optimistic, hopeful and inspiring So I got the lyrics and then I took a traditional Persian 6-8 and I tried to bring some rock influence into it. And what you get is the upbeat song that's out now. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to be releasing a more rock and roll remix with some grittier guitars in July.
2: Ta-da!
1: angles you're taking on stuff I, I think that's so cool you you mentioned fiverr which is a, a platform where you can pay a few bucks and have somebody do a lot of different services is that is that what we're talking about yes the, the freelance uh, marketing website or whatever it's yeah. called yeah not a lot of listeners would know what that is i've used them a few times for voiceovers actually the voiceover for my yeah. podcast is uh i think the guys from ireland i've never met any of these people but Yeah, he does this this big, boomy voice and stuff. And people ask him, it's me. And I'm like, there's no way I could get my voice (laughs) to do that. You know, he's got one of those voices that... You've been listening to the Better Each Day Podcast radio
0: show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon. But until
1: then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. One of those sci-fi things, you know, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the good movie trailer voice yeah yeah and when he did it i didn't know i had no idea i heard his little demo and th- and stuff on fiverr but i think i paid 30 bucks or something for it and it's just a few seconds long but i got it and it just sounded like way over the top like um this show is uh, <laughs> like a sci-fi show or something with lots of special effects uh-huh. i thought perfect I-, I like it let's go with it <laughs> so that's what it I sounds always- awesome yeah he does the the intro and the outro voice. And I made up this uh, slogan thing too. That sounds really official when he says it, but I say, uh, honor your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee, which I made up, which kind of doesn't mean anything unless you (laughs) you really think hard about it. I guess it could, you know, take care of yourself Mm -hmm. because you got to be with yourself the rest of your life, I guess is what it means. But when he says it, it sounds really good. Yeah. Speaking on Fiverr though, the the funny thing is, the drummer who played session
0: kit on all my album on all the songs on the album. Yeah. He is actually somebody I hired through Fiverr and I've been going to him consistently. He's a phenomenal drummer based
1: in Australia too. So you're sending tracks back and forth to Australia.
0: Yeah. What I do is like at first I had, I have my friend, you know, lay a track in mono cause I didn't want to pay for studio or rent it. And that's just an expense that I didn't want to front. So then I found this guy in Fiverr for really reasonable rate. I'd send him the mono track and he'd, Crack something that's similar, if not better, and send me all the stems unmixed and unprocessed so I could just throw in my DAW and have fun with it.
1: Yeah, wow. I've got to say, you're a great singer, outstanding. And it's clear that, like I said, that you've had some training and, and it worked. It worked well. So, And it's kind of ironic that it's, that was not your initial interest.
0: Yeah, thank you. I, I, I always loved singing. I wasn't really the, the most uh, adept at it. But it was my sophomore year of high school when I was – when I decided that I wanted to be a singer. And then, you know, I was classically trained. I sing with the Bronx Opera, but because of the pandemic, the whole opera career is put on hold. And while I was pursuing classical voice, I also wanted to do more than just sing. I wanted to produce and, you know, write songs. And ultimately that gave me a lifeline during the pandemic and gave me an, gave me an opportunity to finish the album, produce music, and
1: start building a band to go play live gigs. So you made good use of the time. That's cool. I think a lot of people are talking about downtime and I gained 20 pounds and all this. I, there's really no excuse, you know. To, there's a lot of things you yeah. can do in this day and age, like digital recording in your bedroom or whatever. You yeah. know, there's a lot that can be done. To
0: be fair, I did lose 10 pounds of muscle because I was a two-sport athlete in college. Uh, but, um, you know, you win some, you lose some, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you, you're getting back in shape though, right? Oh, I am. I am for sure. Yeah. I, they closed the YMCA down, which was kind of a bum deal for me because that was kind of my social life, too. But- exactly. That's the thing, right? Because for me, working out has always been a social thing. And, and a, an at-home workout
0: is never going to cut it for me. I've always wanted to go to the gym with my friends. We can work out together because that's like what I did on the team. You know, I played soccer in college. I wasn't I wasn't good. I, I made the team because the other center back had scored two own goals and because of my stature. Just don't, just don't, that's why I don't use my real name because then, you know, they can't come back and give me, give me crap for having said, you know, I didn't make the team because I was good. But um, I was just used to working out with people socially and having that sense of like community at the gym that when the pandemic hit and the gyms closed, I just lost all motivation to go out or to work out at home.
1: Yeah, it's harder to do it at home. There just isn't the rhythm for it. But the social thing, I thought it was the only guy that happened to, I thought maybe my social life is so pathetic, all I have is the gym crowd. And then I came to find out, they were all kind of the same way. So when we all got back together, it was like, now we're all like hugging each other. God, I missed you. <laughs> so it's, I know, right? It's been a good experience. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, I could talk all day. Uh, you're a good man. So I thank you for your time. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, good luck with your future and everything. But uh, the music's great. Seeing my crystal ball says you're going to do well.
0: Thank you so much. I'm truly honored to be on this show. and. I appreciate your support. Thank okay. you so much. All right. Take care, man. Of course. Bye-bye.
2: Make Bye. Bye.